Hi folks, welcome to the show today. My name is Tim Small and my guest is Candice Winterboer. She's a life and business coach currently living in Hoodspreit in South Africa. Her life story involves a lot of travel. She's lived in the UK and the USA and Switzerland. She also started and ran her own business for eight years in the online marketing industry. So Candice, welcome to the show. Great, thanks. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's great to be here. So Candice, you've lived all over the world, but currently you're staying in an area called Hoodspreit in South Africa. Can you tell us what it's like to be living there? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's supposed to be the second most visited town in South Africa besides Cape Town because a lot of people fly in here to visit the Kruger. So we get a massive amount of foreigners coming through the town. So it actually feels quite cosmopolitan, which is, I think, why I chose it over Cape Town. I don't know if I'd live in very many other small towns in South Africa, but this one felt, yeah, it felt very sort of vibey and lots of different influences and cultures. But of course, now it's all dead <laughs> with the coronavirus. Yeah, and, and people are just hanging on, hoping that things kick off again soon. Sure. Well, certainly a time for self-reflection, no doubt. But uh, you have had quite an interesting life story. You've been involved with the marketing arena, with copywriting. You've got certainly a creative slant to your work. But somehow you've landed up working in coaching, which is a passion and an interest that you've developed over time. Can you maybe tell the listeners a bit about your life story and your journey through all the different arenas that you've been involved in, in terms of your work? Sure. So when I left school, I didn't know what I wanted to study and I didn't, didn't want to waste time or money studying something just because I needed to choose. So I left and I went overseas for a couple of years. And when I got back, I still didn't actually know what I wanted to do. So I went to a career guidance person at the varsity and he said to me, at that point, people were changing their careers at least three times in their lifetime. And so he suggested I just choose something that I enjoyed at the time because I felt paralyzed, you know, trying to choose something that I'd be doing for the rest of my life. That was the thought I had. And so I studied a BCom in marketing and tourism management. And then I moved to Cape Town and worked in marketing and then I went over, I had the opportunity to go overseas again so I went to America and I was there for a couple of years just working sort of randomly on ski resorts and in hotels and stuff and when I got back to South Africa I thought now I must get a real job and um, I started in traditional marketing and yeah I just moved from there into social media it was when social media was really just taking off and I'd started a blog to try and motivate myself. I'd committed to running the Comrades and I wasn't a runner at all. And so I started a blog. And through that experience, I got a job as head of social media at a media agency. And in that position, I realized or I saw that content and copy was going to become massive. There was going to be a massive need for it. And I've always been quite sort of entrepreneurial minded. And so I thought, awesome, this is a great business idea. Let's go for it. 
So I set up my business, which was called Alfalfa Content Generator, where I had a whole bunch of freelance writers writing for me. I profiled all of them, so I knew exactly what they were good at. I knew where their experience lay. I knew what their interests were because, of course, you know, you're a better writer if you're enjoying the topic that you're writing on. And then from the client side, I approached agencies and businesses and said, look, you know, if you need copy, if you need blog posts, web content, newsletters, and later if you want social media, then, you know, we can provide you with the content. So that's kind of how my business started. That was in 2010. And we sort of grew and ended up hiring a full-time salesperson and a full-time operational manager, kind of just grew organically. But I never really felt like it was my passion. I felt like I was doing it because it was a gap in the market and because I knew how to write anyway. I knew what to look for in good copy. So yeah, I guess I had like a I don't know if you'd call it a quarter life or a midlife crisis, but I just felt like, okay, I've been doing stuff, not out of obligation, but I've been doing stuff that's not perfectly aligning with my passions for too long. And I need to now make big changes. So in 2018, I sold my business. I was actually lucky enough to sell it to the person I had hired as my operational manager. So the transition was quite seamless. And I moved into coaching. I studied throughout 2018 and yeah, just was finding my feet and making sure that I became a proficient coach. And that's kind of how I got into coaching. And of course, I have clients who come to me for business stuff because they know that I started and ran my own business. And then I have clients coming to me for life stuff because I feel like I've had a lot of life. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's how it kind of all fits together. What I find quite interesting about the work that you do is you're not only focused on the business side of things, but you're also bringing the arena of self-care into that too. Can you tell us about your interest in essentially looking at both of those arenas at the same time? Sure. I mean, we're not either at work or not at work. How can I explain this? We're not we're not perfectly siloed as human beings. Our lives sort of melt into the different areas. So like our career is not separate from our life and our life and career are not separate from our relationships. It all intertwines because what is a business without the person, without the human element? So, and often if that business is yours, it does get very enmeshed or it can get very enmeshed. And so I like the topic of self-care because for me in my personal life, I feel like it's had a massive impact from when I didn't even know what self-care was. You know, when I was in therapy and my therapist asked me, what do you do for self-care? And I actually didn't even know. I didn't even, I, I had nothing for her. I was like, well, I go to the hairdresser every six weeks to make sure my hair is neat. And she's like, yeah, that's maintenance. That's not self-care. And I began this journey of unpacking what is true self-care? And then I realized, well, it melts into all sorts of areas of our life. Yeah, and it just, it's really interesting to see how it all fits together. You know, our, if we're not feeling good in ourselves, our businesses can suffer. Plus, if we're not feeling good in our business, our home lives will suffer. 
So it's just about finding that balance. How do we feed ourselves in a way that's nourishing, that helps us stay motivated and on track and keeps us connected with ourselves? Because that's, for me, that's, that's the key, is the more connected we're with ourselves and with our own needs and wants and dreams, the more likely we are to live happy, fulfilling, joyful lives. Yeah, and I like the way that you put it, because if I think of all the different people out there in the world, of course, everybody is different. They've all got their own individual dreams and aspirations, which are an outworking of their personality and worldview, etc. But this idea that people can become quite self-critical or they can be hard on themselves, essentially, they tend to hold themselves back from their full potential. And there's really nothing more wonderful than seeing somebody at their best, at the sort of highest level of their potential. But often there's just this kind of block or this challenge that people have because they can't quite figure out what it is that's holding them back. They have an idea of it, but they're sort of falling into traps of, in a way, I guess, self-sabotage, if you will. And that looks different for each individual person. So would you say that at least an aspect of your work is helping people to move past those blocks, to identify those areas where they are almost tripping themselves up and have a breakthrough experience to really living in their full potential? Of course, of course. I mean, awareness is the key here, right? We don't know what's, what the problem is without actually just bringing our awareness into what the where we're struggling and then trying to figure out the ways to lessen that struggle or to modify that behavior. I mean, I can say categorically, one of the biggest issues that I deal with on a daily basis as a coach is helping people with negative self-talk. You know, that voice that just tells us we're not good enough, this isn't done perfectly enough, we should be doing this, we must be doing that. We are our own worst critics. And if you can bring awareness to what you're saying to yourself and how you're bringing yourself down, and if you can modify that, your experience is 100% different. It's really, in my own personal life, and I've seen it in clients' lives, just changing your negative self-talk can mean the difference between depression and living life with lightness and joy. Yeah, and that's when you essentially experience a breakthrough because let's say, for example, an individual has that block, they have those issues that are holding them back, and they're aware of it to an extent, but they can't figure out a way to actually move past that. Once they are able to minimize that negative self-talk, essentially disarm the self-critic, then they're able to break through into their true potential, as I mentioned earlier. And I think that's when life gets really exciting because now instead of being held back, the individual is able to truly realize their potential and work on exciting projects and really have an, an even bigger impact on the world and essentially just experience more success in all the aspects of life. So not just business, but also say their personal relationships and even their relationship with themselves. And so I get really excited about that concept because I find people that are operating from that place in life to be very inspiring. And the more people we can have living in the world with that kind of mindset, 
it's just really inspiring for everybody because we're going to see good work. We're going to see good collaborative relationships forming. And would you say that some of the people that you've worked with in your career, you've actually seen this happening. You've seen people have these breakthroughs and you've watched them actually achieve amazing things as a result of being able to break through those barriers? Of course, of course. I mean, it's the most beautiful thing to be with somebody as they realize, oh my gosh, this is the block and this is how I can move through it. Or this is how I can reach what I want, knowing now what this block is. I mean, you, the whole being lights up. It's physical. You can actually see it in somebody. Or, in, you know, of course, now everything is online. You can hear it. It's unmissable. And, you know, it doesn't need to be, blocks don't need to be these massive stumbling things. They can just be tiny. They can be very nuanced. But once there's awareness there, once there's a realization of, oh, okay, this is what it is, access to the solution is so much easier. So, yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen it happen, you know, in a business context, how to manage a business. I've seen it in life context. I've seen it in relationship context. I've seen it in my own life many times. The one interesting thing I'd like to say about blocks is also that sometimes they're, they're hidden. Not hidden. They're in a blind spot, let's say. And sometimes you can just feel this dis-ease or you feel like there's something wrong or, or this is where sort of patterns come from, patterns in relationships, patterns in behavior. And even if you think about, you know, where is this coming from? I just don't understand why I keep going for the same guy, for example. I don't understand why this keeps happening in my business. Often it points to a block that's unseen. So, you know, then you would, it's quite useful to talk it through with somebody because they would act as a mirror. And often just that acting as a mirror can show you suddenly where that blind spot is or what is in your blind spot. Very interesting. And just reflecting on relationships in general and patterns of relationships, I believe that one of the areas that you're quite interested in is this area of codependency. Could you tell us a little bit about what that is and the work that you do within that arena? Sure. I mean, codependency is a, you know, they put it, I think, in the psychological realm. In everyday society, codependency is a tricky thing because in my experience and how I've come to look at it and frame it is that it's not, you know, they package codependency often with addiction. You have the addict and then you have the codependent, which helps keep them in addiction. But codependency has many faces and you can see it across many different things. But in, in society, specifically our society, with gender roles being quite firmly entrenched as they are, we're taught, and I'm not saying this is just a female thing, this goes across the board, but we're taught that to be selfish or to turn inward or to first provide for your own needs is wrong or is somehow selfish. And because of this sort of conditioning, the way it displays later on in life, or it can display later on in life, is this giving, this giving, 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 but not expecting anything in return. Well, it's not so much an expectation, but not, not feeling like you're important enough or good enough to have needs or to have expectations. So this often turns up in relationships. That's the easiest place to see it. 
where you have one partner that just gives and gives and gives and another partner who doesn't give all that much or just takes. And the result is resentment and burnout and failed relationships. And the remedy is self-care, which is how those two now fit together. So certainly in my own experience, I was in a relationship with somebody who has struggled with an addiction. And while I never felt myself the true codependent, because I, I never felt like I enabled him to be able to act out, what I did do was I didn't have very high expectations of men in general. And so there were certain behaviors that I never called him on. There were certain behaviors that I never, you know, stood up to. And, and there were certainly my needs I never expressed. I never communicated because I didn't know how. And when I felt like I needed to, there was this struggle in myself, like, am I asking too much? Am I allowed to ask? What happens if he leaves if I ask? And then, of course, boundaries comes into anything to do with codependency. Boundaries is a very common challenge that many people have. So, yeah, learning how to communicate my needs, learning appropriate boundary setting. I count myself extremely fortunate to have had that experience. While quite intense, I would have never learned the stuff or I wouldn't have learned it as quickly, I think, if it hadn't been that I was married to somebody who was struggling with addiction. So yeah, I think to go back to codependency, you know, it's also in my experience or, or the way I've framed it, as I said, I feel like it's, you're not codependent, it's not either or. I think lots of people have ranges of codependency that are acceptable. It's when it goes beyond that range that it becomes damaging, not just to yourself, but to the person you may be codependent on. So, you know, a healthy person is able to give, but doesn't give to the point where they fall over. Whereas if you're on the sort of negative side of codependency or the unhealthy side of codependency, you're just giving and giving and giving and you're heading for a breakdown or a burnout or a relationship failure because you're getting so resentful. So what I'm thinking about as you're speaking is this interesting concept that as a coach, you are working with people that come to you from all different walks of life, you know, so people of all ages and genders, you know, at various points in their lives and their career and their relationships. And they would come to you with a variety of issues from, you know, figuring out their work-life balance or their business values or, you know, making life decisions like whether to have kids or not. And I think with, or at least the way I see it is that, Based on your own personal experience that you've mentioned now with regard to your relationships and learning more about codependency, it's almost as if it has helped you so much in order to understand the process of decision-making, to understand how people are making these decisions and why it's difficult for them. Because perhaps for one person, making a decision is easier than the next. But for the person that's struggling, it's a really big issue. They're not sure whether to move country or, you know, whether 
to have kids or not or to start this business or to deal with this issue. So it might be a very obvious question that I'm asking, but would you say that your experience of your life, I guess, has really helped you to relate better to people and to empathize with them and to essentially assist them on a practical level in helping them to make better decisions and move forward with their life? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've mentioned to you before that I've always known that I would be in a helping profession. I've always known that I would be in mental health of some sort, but I just never felt when I was younger, I just didn't feel equipped enough, not just from a skills point of view, but from a life experience point of view. You know, the theory of of psychology and counseling and coaching is that you don't have to have gone through that experience to be able to add value to your client. Okay, that's the theory. However, in my case, I feel like it's really helped to add that extra level of value. Just thinking about empathizing with somebody, it's so much easier to empathize because I've been through that thing. That's not to say that I can't empathize with them because I've not been through that experience. But I think, I think my rich life experience has helped me connect much better with my clients. It certainly helped me, as I said, empathize with them. It's helped me, you know, as a coach, it's not my job to tell you what to do, right? It's my job to give you the space and offer the structure and the framework through questioning and through sort of listening really, really attentively, that will help you figure out what the solution is for you because you're the expert in your life. I'm not the expert, you are. But what it does do is if a client sort of wants to know what I did or would like, just like some direction, then it's very easy for me to call on my own life experience to be able to offer something that's valuable and that isn't just random advice giving. You know, this was, this was obviously the approach I took and it's not everybody's approach, but for me it was really important to have a lot of life experience before entering into or embarking on a career in the helping profession. Not just that, but also I think it was really important for me to have dealt with my baggage. And I'm not saying that my bag is empty, <laughs> not at all, because this is, a, this is a journey, but it was really important for me to make sure that I'd gone through the issues that were causing behavioral stuff, faulty thinking stuff. Yeah, I basically needed to make sure that I had dealt with my big issues before moving into helping somebody else, because let's say I hadn't dealt with my codependency stuff, right? It would have been so easy for me to fall into that I'm saving them kind of mentality, which I think, which is the reason why a lot of people go into these sort of helping professions. They want to help, and I'm sure in some cases they really can, but you have to manage yourself so fastidiously when you're dealing with somebody else and their emotions and their lives and their dreams and their goals, because you don't want to put your stuff on them. You certainly don't want to push your values and your dreams on them. You don't want to live through them. But all of this requires awareness of the self and of your own stuff, your own baggage. 
for me, that's been really important in this journey of becoming a coach. Yeah, I like the way that you've put that. So would you like to perhaps connect with the listeners out there and just let them know a little bit more about your services at this point in time? I believe you are offering some free online coaching sessions. Yeah, um, because of this COVID thing that's exploded and hundreds and thousands of people have lost their jobs, and then they thrust into a really difficult situation. There's a lot of uncertainty with us being locked up at home with partners and children and, you know, working, not working, you know, insecurity around jobs, the future of your career, all of that stuff. I think a lot of stuff is bubbling to the surface, but because money for a lot of people is an issue, I decided to offer 100 hours of free coaching to anybody who's interested. Obviously, it's online. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. I'd be willing to coach you in whatever it is that you're looking to, to look at. So yeah, the offer is open to anyone. If you don't feel like this is something for you, but you know somebody who may benefit from this, then please just pass this on because, yeah, I think it's, it's really valuable at this point, especially if you're feeling a lot of uncertainty, if you're feeling a lot of stuckness, if you're feeling quite despondent or unmotivated around your life at the moment or where you're going to go, or what you're going to do, then a couple of coaching sessions can really help you sort of get back on track and give you a couple of actionable steps to take, which helps with motivation and gets you moving. So that's my offer and it's open until the 100 hours are done. Great. So what's the best way for the listeners to get hold of you? So um, you can email me at candicewinterboer at gmail.com. I have a website, which is just my name, candicewinterboer.com. I'm also on social media, all under my name. So yeah, it's pretty easy. You can drop me a line on any of those platforms or just directly on email. And I'll respond and we can set something up. Uh, but Candice, yeah, once again, thanks again for coming on the show. I'm sure the listeners really enjoyed finding out more about your life story and the work that you do. It certainly uh, makes me quite excited just to think about all the people that you've worked with and how they've gone out into the world and been able to realize their full potential, making an impact on others around them. So certainly a exciting arena of work to be involved in. And I wish you all the best for the future. Thanks, Tim. Thanks. And thanks for having me here. And yeah, I really, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate the work you're doing on this platform and, and helping people, you know, just connecting people with what's going on. Great. Well, enjoy the rest of the day in Hootspreet and uh, hopefully we will see you in Cape Town at some point in the future. Yes, you will. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. <laughs>